we come into your house today, we recognize that it's your day and it's your house and we are we are yours. Everything. Everything is yours. Someone said there is not one inch of everything that's created that is not belong to Jesus Christ not one inch and Jesus cries out to every inch this is mine this is mine every person in here whether we acknowledge it or not we are his we're going to have a chance today to acknowledge that we are his father we've taken your day and come into your house and we are yours. Every person here, every inch of everything in here is yours. Help us to, to acknowledge that and to accept that and to receive that. Today, it's, it's going to be about trying to put ourselves aside, what we think of, what we're scared of, what we're concerned about, what's bothering us, what's weighing us down. That thing that is stopping us from coming to Jesus, whether it's myself or my fear of what someone else thinks, that thing or that someone, it could be me, that is stopping me from coming to Jesus. Father, today, help us to surrender that and say, I'm not going to wait anymore. I'm not going to make any more excuses. I'm not going to, I'm going to stop with all the imagining of things that are stopping me. And I'm just going to lay that aside. And I'm coming to Jesus today. Today. Father, thank you for this chance we have to worship you. Help us to do that, to worship you in spirit and in truth. Not caring what anyone else thinks, but caring only what you think. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord, you've seen them all and you still call me friend. 
was the God of the mountain, is the God of the valley, and there's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again.
Where your love 
was a wretch I remember who I was I was lost I was blind I was running out of time Sin separated The bridge was far too wide But from the far side of the chasm You had me in your sight So you made a way Across the great divide Left behind heaven's throne To build it here inside And there at the cross You paid the debt I owe Broke my chains, freed my soul For the first time I had hope Thank you Jesus for the blood applied Thank you Jesus it has washed me white Thank you Jesus you have saved my life Brought me from the darkness into glorious Inside my tomb of sin You were buried for three days But then you walked right out again Now death has no sting And life has no end For I have been transformed Was 
want to come today and thank you so much for the blood that you shed, for loving us enough to forgive us of our sins, Lord, to die on a cross for us. Lord, we just thank you today for all that are here. We thank you for those that are watching online, Lord. We just pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would move in abundance today move in a powerful way today. We thank you for Brother Darrell, and we pray for him as he comes and delivers your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Good morning again. Welcome to the Lord's house. We go through the book of Matthew on Sundays. Just one verse today. I talk to you often, or some, about reading through the Bible fast. And reading through the Bible slow. Reading through the Bible fast is just story after story, verse, verse after verse, chapter. Just reading through the Bible fast, getting those stories, re reading them again and again, and then reading through the Bible slow. And that's what we're going to do this morning. This is an example of reading through the Bible slow. We're just going to take one verse. And it's that, that uh, thing you do when you study the Bible and you look at that verse and you spend a lot of time on that one verse and see how much you can, you can get out of it. Not every verse, of course, lends itself to that, but Matthew 1.21 does lend itself to that. We're talking about the birth of Jesus, and here in this chapter of chapter Matthew, we uh, have talked about the virgin birth. We will some more weeks to come, and the book of Luke is the birth of Jesus through the eyes of Mary. The book of Matthew is the birth of Jesus through the eyes of Joseph. And we talked last week uh, that the angel comes to Joseph and is explaining to him what's going on with his fiance, his, his girlfriend, who's pregnant. And she says that God did it. And Joseph's like, man, Mary, you know... How can, how can I believe that? How can I believe that? Who would believe that? That this baby is born of, born of a virgin. Who would believe that? We'll talk more about that in the weeks to come. But this section right here, this verse, is the angel, an angel. Uh, the angel's named in the book of Luke. This angel's not named. 
But just this very simple conversation the angel has with Joseph. And the angel's explaining to Joseph and telling him some things. So one verse on the screen. The angel says to Joseph, and she, that's Mary, of course. <clears throat> Mary, she, will bring forth a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. There's so much in that verse I thought I would go this way the first part of the verse says she will bring forth a son not a daughter she will bring forth a son but Joseph you will name him Jesus you see the difference and I thought I would I would go that way she will bring us she's going to have a son you will name him Jesus I was, uh, one time I was watching Chuck Smith preach this, and I thought, man, I wish I had thought of that first. But a, a different direction that he took, you will name him Jesus. Chuck Smith said, uh, the, the name of Jesus, and it's true, the name of Jesus is the personal name of God. So he starts the, starts the message this way, what's the name of your God? The name of my God is Jesus. What's the name of your God? The name of my God is Jesus. And if you have an, a God by any other name, that's a false God. When I watched him preach that, I thought, man, I wish I had thought of that first. But that's a, that's a great way to take that verse. That's not what we're going to do today, though. We're going to concentrate almost entirely on that last part of the verse for he will save it, uh, his people from their sins. But I want to draw attention to this. There is an outline on the back side of your announcements, if you'd like to use that. I want you to notice, as the angel makes the announcement, she will have a son. You will call his name Jesus. He will save his people from his sins. The angel's emphatic. God, the uh, next screen, God never guesses or second guesses. None of this has happened yet. It's, it, it not, none of it's true yet. But she will have a son. You will call his name Jesus. Now here's what I want you to see. Because that's past. She did have a son. Joseph did name him Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. That's us. He will do it. I, I want you to remember that. He will do it. He's waiting to do it. Okay? If you look in, uh, if we go down on our, on our outline, we're going to concentrate now just on that last part of the verse. For he will save his people from their sins. For he will save his people from their sins. Sins. I want you to, I'm going to draw attention to the word his. And a little later as we go down the outline, I want to draw your attention to the word there. He will save his people from their sins. His people, okay? His. That's us. He will save his people. 
because everyone is his. The next screen, uh, we're not going to turn to the verse, but you remember it's in Luke chapter 15, the story of the prodigal son. And Jesus gives three, three examples of what Jesus is like. He, t- he gives example of 100 sheep. 99 are, are doing fine, but one sheep is gone. One, one sheep escapes. And the shepherd leaves the 99 in search of that one sheep. Now, that's terrible shepherding. Unless it's your sheep. And that one sheep is, is his sheep. Now, if uh, and Jesus in another chapter, in another story, talks about the, uh, the name of it's John a blank, the, that, talks about, that talks about the hireling. The difference between a shepherd and a hireling is the, the shepherd is in, is in charge of the sheep. They're his sheep. The hireling, they're, they're not his sheep. So if the hireling is there and he loses one sheep, he says, well, you know, what's the big deal? It's one sheep. I've still got 99 sheep left. It'd be crazy for me to leave the 99. It is crazy to leave. It doesn't add up. It's not good shepherd mathematics unless they're your sheep, unless that one sheep is yours. If it's somebody else's, it's not that big of a deal, but it's your sheep. And you can't stand it. You, you, you can't take it that, that one sheep is gone. Why? Because it's yours. And he gives a story. He goes on and tells a story of ten coins. There was a lady in the house that had ten coins. She lost one. It's only one. You've you still got nine. But it's my coin. He, he ends with the story of two sons. The story of the prodigal son. One son left home and and just completely wasted everything the father had given him. But yet the father, I mean, the son is worthless. He's worthless. He's worse than that. He's not only just doesn't take care of what he's got, he loses everything he's got. He's worthless. But he's not my son. And the, the, the father if you can use your imagination, when the son comes home, the father runs, runs to meet him. Before the son ever reached the house, the father runs to meet him. What's that mean? The father was watching for him. And so I don't know, but what every day the father went out and was watching for his son. And the servants and the other son and probably everybody in town said, what are you, why, are you so, why are you so caught up? I mean, he's worthless. Why do you even want him back? He wasted everything you've ever done. I, uh, I don't know how many times I've had this conversation with a mom, a dad, a grandma, a grandpa, a mom who has so much trouble with her son. So he's just done everything wrong. She, she's had so much trouble with her son. I remember one, I, I don't know how many times this conversation has ha- happened, but in my mind, I can picture one mom standing right in front of me. Everybody tells me, she says, everybody tells me, just leave him alone. Don't help him. You're, you're not helping him by helping him. You're not, you're not helping him by bailing him out every time he gets in trouble. You know, all that's true. It doesn't make good mom mathematics. 
You've got other children at home. Worry about them. You know? You're, you're wasting all your time on this son who's a prodigal son anyway. He's, he's worthless. And she said to me exactly the truth. Everybody can tell me that. And you know, they're probably right. But he's not their son. He's my son. He's mine. He's mine. That makes all the difference. All the difference. In our hallway, you may have read the announcements. We're going to hang or put pictures of any, any grade school student in our church. We don't care who. It, just, we're going to put pictures on the wall. You all have done this. So I walk by the hallway. There's, there are a few pictures up there now. I walk by the hallway. One of those pictures is a picture of my granddaughter. So I walk by the, who do I look at? The granddaughter. I think there's some other pictures up there, but I don't know who they are because, you know, I walk by and I'm looking, I'm looking at her. Why? She's mine. Because she's mine. If you have a, a child in band, uh, plays on the soccer team, plays, is in a play, has a group picture at school, takes a group picture at school, they're involved in this, they're involved in that, there's a group picture at school, and they, they bring the picture home, and you're looking at the picture, where do your eyes go immediately to? There. Why? They're yours. Now, there's other kids in the picture, but I, you know, I, I don't know. Why? Because your focus goes to yours. That's why the shepherd's a terrible mathematician. Because he leaves the 99 in search of the one. He, he just can't stand it. The lady with the coins, but the father with the son, you know, they should just, should just leave it alone, leave them alone, but they can't because... They're mine. They're, they're his. Jesus said, or the angel said to Joseph, he, Jesus, will save his people. This is why Jesus just cannot leave you alone. This is why Jesus will not leave you alone. Alone. This is why Jesus will not abandon you even when everybody else thinks that he should. Anybody else thinks this is not good mathematics, Jesus. But he can't. He can't give up on you. He can't quit on you. As much as a parent loves their child, his love for you is so many more times than that. And you just pick out anybody that you love. It may be a girlfriend, a boyfriend. You may not have children. Just, just whoever, somebody that you love, that you're madly in love with. It's the love of God that's so many more times than that. And God says, I proved it by the fact that, uh, that I gave my life for you. That's what friends who love each other do. And that's what Jesus did. This is why he cannot give up on you. This is why He will not give up on you. This is why week after week, day after day, He's drawing you because you are His people. You are His. 
I'm not going to try to hide it. I'm not going to try. There's no hidden, no hidden agenda here. I'm going to tell you, like I hope you hear me tell you all the time, if you've never received Jesus as your Savior, He's desperately after you. The angel said He will save His people from their sins. He desperately wants you to be saved. Desperately. He can't stand it that you're not. Jesus desperately wants you to be saved. Simple question that I'm going to come back to. Do you want to be? Do you want to be saved? There's absolutely no question. I hope there's no question in your mind how Jesus feels about it. He desperately wants you to be saved. Do you want to be? You know what? I'm not going to complicate it. It's as simple as that. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and we're going to get to the, get to the sin part. He will save them, his people. He will save his people from their sins. Jesus, I bring my sins to you. It's as simple as that. I've sinned. I know I have. And I, I can't forgive myself. I can't pay for it. No one can. But Jesus, I believe that you did. And so, I want to be saved. You mean it's as simple as that? Yeah, I do mean that. It's as simple as that. Jesus died for my sins. And he will save his people from their sins. And I want to be saved. Okay? We'll come back to that. He will save his people. The next screen is from their sins. Remember a week or so ago, the reason virgin birth is so important is because I can't save you because I have sin. You see? I'm not any better than anybody. He will save his people from their sins, not his sin, theirs. The reason he can save you is because he doesn't have any sins that he needs to be saved from. It's your sin. He will save his people from their sins, and their means mine and means yours. He will save his people from their sins. A couple of scriptures. Uh, 1 Corinthians 5, 21. For he made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to become sin for us, for me. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. That explains it. Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. He took that sin for us. He doesn't just forgive us. This is important. He doesn't just forgive us of sin. He pays for sin. That sin must be paid for. There's a debt that's created by our sin. That my, Because I have sin. I created a debt. He paid that debt. The next screen Jesus has paid for our sins and saved us because we cannot 
And who else could? He paid for our sins and saved us because we cannot. And who else could? No one else can. Let me say a word to Christians in the room before we go back to I just want to be saved. Every Christian in the room, every Christian in the room, you know you are. You know who you are. Every Christian in the room, listen. You're saved, why? Because you want to be. Okay? You believe in who Jesus is. You believe that he paid your sin debt and you want to be. You're saved because you want to be. And you still do. What I'm trying to do, I'm, I, I, just, I just want this to be true. I want our church to be 100%. Okay? I know... You know, I, I, I know people say that's impossible. With man, it is. With God, nothing is. I'm looking for our church to be 100%. I'm saved because I want to be. I want to be saved. I want everybody in our church to be able to raise their hand someday, sometimes say, I, I want to be saved. I am saved. I want to be saved. This is, this is what I want. This is what I am. For every Christian in the room, I want you to think about that. So many things have gone on and, and, and so many things have gone on in your mind. So much life has happened since your salvation. I get that. I understand that. And uh, what I'm trying to do this morning right now for the Christian in the room, I want to bring you back to the foundation of your salvation. And I want you to just concentrate on that just, just for right now. But what happens is, is life, life happens. Stress and burdens and things go wrong and things go right. And distraction here and things pull us every which way. And, and Jesus is so good to us in so many ways. He heals, he leads, he, he, he provides, he guides. There's so many other things that Jesus does for us in us besides just the salvation. And that's great and that's true. But in life we get, we get going down our paths that, that life leads us on. We get distracted sometimes and burdened sometimes. And this morning, Christians, I want to call you back to the foundation of your salvation. I want you to think how precious it is what Jesus has done for you. I don't know what's going on with you. And you may be anxious right now and upset right now and not sure right now and don't know how this is going to turn out right now and you don't know what you're going to do next right now. But I'm trying to bring you back to the, to the foundation of your salvation. What Jesus did for me, though, when he saved my soul, that is like, that is <laughs> the most precious thing. And I need to remember that. Adrian Rogers was preaching one time, and he said, if Jesus did not die on a cross, I'll back up, he said it two, two ways. I started wrong. If Jesus died on a cross for my sin, was buried and raised again the third day, and sits right now at the right hand of the Father praying for me, if that's true, nothing else matters. 
Because if Jesus didn't die on a cross for my sin, and if he did not raise again the third day after being buried, and if he's not seated at the right hand of the Father praying for me, nothing else matters, right? If Jesus has not saved my soul from hell and given me a place in heaven, who cares about anything else? It doesn't matter about your healing, your bills, what to do next. None of that makes any difference if there's no hope of heaven for, for you. Nothing else matters. But what Jesus did for me on the cross, rising again the third day, if you will believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will, you will be saved. So Christians, you've been, I've, I've been a Christian a long time. Sometimes I just need to, I need to revisit that again. Kind of set my life on reset. Wait a minute. Back up. Let's think about this thing right. Everything else, you know, I just need to go back to what's really important in my life. And then go, go from there. Now, we'll revisit again. Jesus desperately wants you to be saved. Do you want to be? Do you want to be? I'm going to ask uh, the singers to come. I know I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here, but Mark, go ahead and do your thing. Do you want to be saved? no hidden agenda I have a strong feeling I've had it all week there's a child here a student who wants to be saved uh, I was saved when I was seven years old there's a child here who wants to be saved but you're scared what do I do you know, how, I'm going to ask you, anybody who wants to be saved, I'm going to ask you to come to the front and pray. If there's a child here, I want you to come talk to me. Or I want you, I'm, I'm going to ask Aaron to come on up to the front. Amy, is she in here? I want you to come on up to the front. You just have a seat there if you want to. I just... I, don't, I just want you to know that there are adults, a lot of adults in here who love you. And I can't think of a better place or a place that has more people in it who want you to be saved. What do I do? You just come and say, I want to be saved. It's not, I'm not going to complicate it. I believe Jesus died for my sins and he wants me to be saved and I want to be. Now, if you don't want to be, don't. You know where that want to comes from? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's dealing with you. The Holy Spirit is drawing you. If you're a child here, a student, if you want to grab your parent's hand, 
you want to grab grandma's hand, grandpa's hand, a good friend, your Sunday school te teacher, a Amy's here, Aaron's here. We just want to help you. We want everybody to feel like this is home. We're family. We want you to be safe. And you want to be. Then come. Come. I'm ready. I'm ready. I've been thinking about it. I want to be. Grown-ups. Grown-ups. If your child, your grandchild, your good friend is saved through the week, we need to pursue that. We need to do something about that. One big area of regret in my life was I was saved at a young age but waited way too many years to be baptized. I didn't have an adult in my life who took over, helped. Adults in, in our lives need to do that. I need moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, aunts and uncles, just, just adults in the room who love children and students to help them. Hey, I'm here to help. I warn you, in our church, if you come to be saved, we're going to baptize you. Okay? We're going to move you on. You're going to begin to grow. That's what I want. We're not just going to leave, we're not going to leave you alone. We're going to baptize you and you're going to begin to grow. But that's what you want. I want to be saved. For the Christians in the room, you may need to come this morning and pray and revisit again. Pa Pastor, I just, life has just got me so bogged down and so messed up. I don't know what direction to turn. I don't know. Just come back to the foundation of your salvation and start there again. Reset. Start there again. Some of you in Christ, you've been saved a long time, or you just need to come and thank Jesus again for His salvation, the price that He paid for you. I'm going to ask the congregation to stand. If you want to be saved, come. Grab, grab a hand or just come and see us. We'd love to help you in, the, in your sal <clears throat> salvation experience. If you're a Christian here and you just need to reset, just come back again and kind of like start, st start all over again. And we want you to come. Whatever it is, if you want to come and pray while they play and sing, we invite you to come. Okay, okay, all right, okay. Do you want a microphone? Okay, all right. If you want to come and pray or just stand here and say thank you. This this, this is my wife. She's been saved a long time, I promise you that. And she just here, she just stand, uh, standing here to say thank, thank you. So you may, want to, you may want to do that. If you want to come and be saved or thank Jesus for being saved, we invite you to come.
Thank you.